0: welcome to leading from alignment a weekly podcast from converge coaching where our passion is to help you lead better lead longer and enjoy it more hello again welcome to another episode of leading from alignment with our good friend john beluski and back for uh, a second week uh, john why don't you introduce us to our special guest today
1: yeah we have shannon schaefer back with us and we're so happy to uh, to have you shannon um thank you for episode 211 if you didn't get a chance to listen or watch episode 211 you need to you need to do that yeah. um it was uh very uh, insightful rich and uh um i'm just excited about what we're going to talk about today in, in in 211 uh Shannon said a lot of good things and we don't have time to recap all of that but two of the things that you said Shannon that really kind of just were were like new thoughts To me, in a way, one was a really a new thought. The other one was just reaffirmation of something I've been thinking about lately. The first one was that as a worship pastor, I'm an extension of the lead pastor's authority under God. That hundred percent. And I just thought that was so good and so powerful. Such a great perspective. And I think I think sometimes we get into conflict because our perspectives are messed up, right? We're, we're just not 100%. thinking or seeing something the right way. And I thought that was a, a powerful uh, thing that you shared. And then the other thing that really, uh, we spent a lot of time, well, you said another thing too, that I, I kind of knew this, but it was really good. You said unity is primary.
0: Yes. Um, yeah.
1: That uh, the, um, you can have a, ta- a bunch of talented people but if there's no unity, who cares? Right? Uh, you didn't say who cares, but in a sense, no. I
2: just yeah. said the power of the Holy Spirit. It, it, how can it, it He move with without right. unity? And right. uh, whether you have the greatest voices, the greatest instrument, the greatest stage, doesn't matter. And then back right. behind this
1: back, backstage, there's a lot of this internal conflict. Right. And it, and eventually it spills out. Yes. Uh, it creates yeah. all kinds of problems. And then the, and then the third thing that really resonated with me is is that when we asked you, what would you tell a worship leader? One of the things you said is become more like Jesus. Mm. Uh, and we talked about the discipleship aspect of dealing with some of the, the turbulence that can occur between mm. a worship leader yeah. and a lead pastor. And I know I'm just skimming the surface of what we talked about in two 11, but today in two 12, I'm, I'm wondering, I'd like to start with this question. Um, from your perspective, Shannon, what is God up to yeah. with worship these days? What do you think? I know that's kind of a like an ethereal. <laughs> or a, right, but we also talked about how it, it has shifted.
0: Yeah, it has shifted through the years, though. So, I I mean, that.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: You no, know, So, it's a broad question. A prophet, but prophesy to us. Brother. Yeah. What is it?
2: Prophesy. Uh, it's a very broad question. I, w- I wish I knew all he was up to. But I do know one thing. In John 4, Jesus said, that the Father is seeking one thing, and that was true worshipers worshiping worship in spirit and truth. That has yeah. not changed. Now, the the vehicle, the way that it looks, yeah, that has changed a little bit. But I will say, there's a couple of things that, for me specifically, I feel like God is up to. He he is telling me this past year to build a stronger structure. Uh, what that means is, uh, I know there's a structure that can handle more weight of a harvest. I believe there's a harvest coming in, so huh. every everything that we are doing right now, we need to build our systems, our people, the depth of our teams, raising up the next generation. There is a harvest that is coming in, and we need to prepare for that. So that's one thing God is really saying to me right now. So that means in my personal life, I need to be putting wood on that fire every day, every Mm -hmm. day, wood going in. I'm in the word. I'm worshiping. Uh, those are things that are buildings, but also my systems, looking at my teams, looking at the depth. Those are things that God is. So whether the music uh, pivots this way or that way, what we're building is our structure is very important because God wants to entrust us with more. I truly believe that. I truly believe there's many laws that are coming in. And it's not just about music. It's not just about a performance. It's about, can we handle what God wants to bring into us? So that's one thing I, I, I really feel. The other thing is God is spoke just so so strongly to me that this return to throne room uh, theme of worship, holiness, it's almost like God is saying to me, and this may just be in our church, but he, he wants to restore something that's been lost in the area of how holy he is and how casual we have turned church into as in our approach mm-hmm. towards him. So that, that's uh, just a whole thing that God's been speaking to me and just the songs focusing on throne room and when we are singing about the throne room i'm telling you we're worshiping Mm. the presence of god has been so heavy Mm. and so rich um i i I can't explain it i just know that there's something to it the holiness of god that he wants to restore to the body of christ
0: love it wow you know, I think I think when it comes time in a in a congregation's life to add somebody in your role, and there might be a volunteer, it might be a, the first paid staff position or the next paid staff position. But I I think sometimes what we go looking for as pastors, it's almost like we're like we're coaches. We want someone that can hit the ball or catch the ball or throw the ball, yeah. and we we look for their their abilities. Sometimes maybe more than their character. And, and I, I found. You know, sometimes the 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 prettier the girl, the the worse they drive because they can flirt their way out of a traffic ticket. You know what I mean? There, <laughs> there's kind of that that correlation sometimes. You know, so that's I, why I, I've I, never been
1: able to flirt my way yeah. out of a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Ever.
0: <laughs> I wish I could say I haven't, but no, it's dying never have, But but that 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 thought, right? Of of I I'm looking for somebody who will be an extension, a partner, uh, an ally, uh, like so. As a worship leader speaking to now senior leaders, pastors, uh, if you will, of course, a worship leader is a senior leader. I don't mean that, but someone who makes, someone who's responsible to God for the vision, what, what are they looking for? Give us, give give them an idea from your perspective, because you've seen the frailties and you've seen the strengths, you've seen character, yeah. you've seen lack of it, you've seen anointing and talent, not necessarily meaning character and depth, uh, and you've seen the opposite. Some people are very anointed with great character. So throw me a bone, man. What, what can you say to a guy like me that's looking for somebody like you?
2: well you know in talking with john he, he he tells me that there's there's a real shortage first of all yeah. in this whole area of, of people that are able to, you know to do worship ministry yeah. so i know that it's pretty slim pickings to start with yeah uh, but i would say that you know you want a combination of character and talent uh, yeah. if you have somebody that has great character but they can't hold a uh, pitch well, yeah. that's going to be a disaster. And if you have somebody that's an amazing vocalist or keyboard or whatever guitarist and, and they don't have the right heart, you're, you're going to end up with this turbulence that we just talked yeah. about in the last episode because yeah. the character on the inside is not, is not there. And the understanding that uh, I'm under authority is just not there. It hasn't been developed. And so I think you want someone that's been discipled, uh, mm-hmm. just basic Christian discipleship, uh, knows how to follow Jesus, and they happen to be pretty good at playing an instrument um, yeah. But trying to find the uh, leadership, uh, musicianship, and discipleship all in one package, Okay. It, it's getting very hard to find that. Um, so it's almost like pastors are having to choose, right? What is the, what what can I work with? What can I not
0: work with? Yeah, I know I, a lot of my friends right now they I can't find a guitarist, they can't find a drummer, so they pay somebody that that doesn't go to their church. Sometimes isn't a believer, but they do play that instrument and it fills that role. Um, yeah. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Filling the right, you know, sometimes these people get saved. Sometimes they don't, I, they don't seem to lead. The guitarist doesn't seem to lead the bass guitarist astray, but the bass guitarist doesn't seem to lead the lead guitarist for paying to, you know, to Jesus either. Like, what are your, what are your thoughts on that?
2: My thoughts are, is that's a very tricky question that you just laid for me and I could fall <laughs> into uh, one of two areas and I want to be careful about that. Yeah. So thank you for that. I appreciate yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> my thought is, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to speak as a worship pastor. As a worship pastor, worship is a spiritual act Mm -hmm. unto God. If somebody does not have a connection with the Father and he is seeking worshipers to worship him in spirit and truth, I have a really difficult time making the leap that somebody that does not know Christ is able to participate in that that activity. Um, No judgment, but that's just where I, I stand myself. And yeah. would I would I rather do without? The question is, would I rather do yes, without a drummer? That's question, yeah. Or have a drummer that's that can play the drums but doesn't know Jesus? Um, for me, I think I would go without. Good. Now that doesn't mean that for for the next guy, they would do something different. That's their call. But for me, it's a very spiritual thing. It's a very intimate thing. It's intimacy with Christ. How, how are we going to integrate the two? I,
1: I I would struggle with that. Right on. Yeah um you know Shannon I, if I could backtrack just a little bit um yeah we were talking about the marks of a, a worship leader you know we're looking for character we're looking for mm-hmm. uh a talent uh skill um what about this idea of the worship pastor or the worship leader being a worshiper themselves um yeah Because I've noticed some who are that, and boy, they 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 worship and they just bring people with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've known others who have good character and they actually are talented, but they don't seem to have that component of it. And am I imagining that as an, as a thing, or is it a thing that a worship leader part of their uh, part of what we're looking for is a worship leader who actually worships. And I know you've got 100%. a lot of things going on in your head, you know, when you're worship reading. So I'm not saying that's easy, but can we talk to that for a minute? Yeah,
2: 100%. I mean, we've all heard it. Someone will stand up and sing or play or do something and you're, you're just like, I just sensed God just drop into the room. I don't know. They were by themselves. They were just playing a guitar, singing, whatever. And you could just sense just a deep connection in the spirit realm. God just moved. And maybe they weren't even that fantastic. And then you can take somebody that's just fantastic. Yeah, from a talent perspective, you could take somebody that that they did a good job. Like they nailed it. They didn't miss a note, but you felt nothing. What's the difference? The difference is backstage. Backstage, I guarantee you that one Mm -hmm. person is on their face before God and has this intimacy going on daily with God, and Mm -hmm. it just pours out. And the other person... They're, they're backstage and they're practicing and they're honing their craft, but the, the intimacy with Christ part is lacking. And there you you, you feel it, you hear it, you see it, and you can't fake it. I'm sorry.
1: You just can't yeah. fake it. So it's a worshiper in private and in public, right? It's it's it's, yeah. it's there's that consistency between uh those two those two domains. And and you know, you said something even earlier that I, I just made a note on. Um, you talked about um, you think for you, God is helping, is really laying on you to build uh, a stronger structure and that there's an internal component to that structure. And then there's an external component, which are the systems. Um, yeah. I just wanted to say this because I thought that was so significant. I believe this, that our inner life needs to keep pace with our outer life. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That our 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 ministry can outgrow our inner life, and by our inner life, I mean our walk with God, yeah. but also our our mental and emotional and relational well-being. Um, yes. That there is a the more the more responsibility you have, the more your ministry grows, the more wheat comes along with that. There's I, I don't believe there's any way around that. And if my internal life isn't keeping pace, um, that's when I can get into trouble. And I just 100%. wonder what you think about that one, Shannon. That thought um, is that does that seem right? Does that seem uh, give For us sure. your thoughts? I that. mean, how how can we
2: how can we know what yeah. God wants to do in a given service? To me, when I think about the mark of a of a great worship leader. That internal is actually the strongest part of their makeup, right? Because part of what makes you a great worship leader is you're able to discern what does the Holy Spirit want to do in this service and be able to pivot, Uh, be courageous enough to wait on God in a moment where he's moving, Um, to know how to set the atmosphere, to be an atmosphere where all the attention is on Jesus. I mean, those things don't happen when you're a performer. They, They just don't. But when you're connected with the Father, you come into that room, you're setting the atmosphere, you're setting the expectation, you're leading people into the throne room of God's presence because you've you've been working on that and you've experienced that. And you can never, we've heard it before, you can never take somebody, someplace that you have not been yourself. Right. And today I see a lot of performers, to be honest with you, I see a lot of great performers on stages and churches. And there seems to be a lack of people that are working on that inside, like you had just talked about the, the inside uh which is it's a lack.
0: Can I can I ask a question about that? That lack. Yeah I I I have an assumption. I like I think I might know who we're talking about to some degree, but I don't want to just assume that. Okay. You, you know, you again you're in your forties, right? You've been doing this for twenty-three years. And I just hit fifty. Did you? Well I just hit whatever filter you're using it. on this call, brother, keep using it. It's working for you. It's working for you. <laughs> you know? the, uh, so you just turned 50. You've been around for a while. I, I Are we talking about people that are 70 years old that are really talented, but not having fought through that? Are we talking about people that are 20 years old? When you, when you think about it, are you thinking about a, a 60, 70-year-old person? Are you thinking about a 20 or 30-year-old person? Or are you not thinking about any age? It's just universal. Okay.
2: So I'm not necessarily thinking about any age, but yeah. I will say I, it's more prevalent in this uh, era of you know superstar worship yeah. leaders, superstar pastors young people haven't been quite discipled uh, yeah. adequately in a lot of cases and so they see this you know they see the big names of the day and they just aspire to be that
0: yeah
2: and they're not doing the work inside right and so th- but they're they're really gifted mm. like they have a, a musical yeah. gift yeah it just hasn't been developed the other half of it hasn't been developed and that's the most important half because we're just that's where your anointing comes from right is right. is the the holy spirit that lives inside of you so yeah i would say i w- i would tend to when i'm making those statements i'm i'm skewing probably a little younger but not because of their age more yeah. so because just the training uh, yeah. that is lacking and then what they have seen growing up like yes. when i grew up i didn't see these superstar uh people on tv you know that were everybody's going crazy over we just didn't have that so yeah. it's different now what they're seeing and what
0: yeah. their expectations are. And, and the thought was not to say, I think our young people today don't have what we have. Like I'm not, I'm not that guy really. No, not that at all. Generation. I know you do as well. I know we all do. It's just that, that thought of, yeah, I guess I'm I'm talking to the younger worship leader right now saying, listen to the guy who's, who's 50 years old. He's telling you beyond your talent, you need an anointing. Talent is a public thing. And anointing is a private thing. And, exactly. and if you had to choose one or the other, you would always choose anointing over talent. Lots of talent, not lots of anointed worship leaders, like you're saying, that can kind of discern the environment to just wait for a second because you feel like God's saying something to people and you just want to give room to breathe or, or to move on to the next right. thing because you know, it, you're know you still working into that environment. You're not there yet. That doesn't happen because yeah. you can, you're a really good guitarist, a really good vocalist. That happens because you spent so much time in in the presence of god they, that it you're more familiar maybe with that environment than you are with any other environment and now you're now, now you're leading worship you're you know you're the, you're the first one through the door but you're inviting everyone through into the same right. room you've, you've been many times yeah
1: yeah yeah you That's know good. Uh, and, and shannon you, you you mentioned uh superstar worship leaders which you know we're we're not here to lash any mm. um but uh a well-known name uh jeremy riddle wrote a book called the reset. Hmm. Uh, and in that book, it it was a very powerful book. I read it, uh, several months ago. Uh, he, he makes this statement. He says, I've, I've observed when people become increasingly pulled into the tractor beam of someone's personal charisma. And when that leader begins to feed on that, they begin to lead people into intimacy with themselves instead of intimacy with Jesus. Hmm. Uh, I mean that just like whammoed yeah. me when I read that. I wonder what your thoughts are on that statement.
2: Yeah, that's it's a powerful book. First of all, if you're in worship leader or if you're a lead pastor, you need to put that in the hands of your worship pastor. It's mm-hmm. it's relevant to today, and it's it's a very powerful book. But uh, back to your statement that you pulled from that book. Listen, this is the this is the play that the devil makes, right? This went back to uh in, in the book of Isaiah where Lucifer said, you know, I'm gonna exalt myself above the most high. Yeah. And he has used the same play for a couple of thousand years. And the play is two-sided really. It's the the side that says uh man man really wants somebody to to go and represent him to God, even going back to Moses, the all of the 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 judges, the priests. It's like we want somebody to go on our behalf. So we're happy to kind of let somebody do it for us. And then our human nature on the other side is happy to receive the accolades and happy to receive the attention. And this is the trap that the devil lays that so many fall into. And we come into this superstar thing where we become enamored with ourselves. People are enamored with us. And it's like two parties that are both agreeing to do something. And it's a trap that the enemy, it's the same play though. And I guess what I'm trying to say is, be aware this is the trap mm-hmm. it's the same one that happened with Lucifer and he's used it over and over and over and it's almost like a drug or some worship pastors worship leaders they just need that they crave that and then it becomes very very unhealthy uh, for the mm-hmm. people and for them but it is it's it is a reality that we are living with and uh, it's very sad
1: yeah you yeah, know the devil's not super creative is he he uh He just keeps doing the same thing over and over again.
2: And we're not super sharp to uh, always pick up on it.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. But
2: that's where reading the word of God, right? So if I'm reading in the book of Isaiah and I see this, I'm like, wow, that's the same play that keeps getting played over and over and over. Maybe I need to be aware of that.
1: Yeah. So how, how do you get aware of that? How do you know if that's happening to you? Or do you need somebody else to tell you it's happening to you? I mean, can you become aware, like, i know if i'm starting to lead people into intimacy with me instead of intimacy with jesus Uh, and that might not be a fair question to ask you because we really didn't put that you know in in your hands early i'm just i love it it's
2: a great question so here's here's the way here's my here's been my approach and you'll hear my pastor say this often if he says anything about me he it'll be this shannon leads worship but you don't see shannon He somehow has this ability to step in the background. And the reason for that is I've been very, very intentional to make sure that Jesus is the one that's seen. And there is an art to that. I will say there's some worship leaders that, I mean, they're, they're all over the place and like the, they're just the center of what's going on. Right. And there is a way to lead worship where you promote Jesus as being the center of attention it has, uh, if you if you come to our church, you'll see our team. Nobody stands out. Nobody draws or commands attention uh, and does things that's distracting. But our whole intention is that people would see Christ in us. So, yes, they do see us physically there. But for 23 years, I've been very intentional to to always build into the team. This is about putting Jesus out front and we... Are in, in the background. He's using us, but that's been our intention. So if you're not intentional with that, the other will happen. Where you will just become the the attention.
0: Interesting. If you if you're not conscious of that, the other will happen. It will. You're on a treadmill, right? It's going three miles an hour. If you stand still, you're going backwards. It's the same going backwards. Same thought. This has to be, you have to move to make this happen, or the other will. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of, of movement, you know, as you look forward into the future and again, you've a, a guy that just learned how to play guitar, led to worship and youth for the first time last week. I wouldn't ask this question. He, he might be right, but I wouldn't even think to ask him this question. But somebody that's seen the comings and goings, you know, the Brownsville revival and, you know, the the, the latest and greatest and the Toronto and the you know, Bethel and the Hillsong and the, the comings and goings. As you look forward to the future, I'm just, just curious, you know, you, you've you spoken to it, I think, to some degree. You believe there's going to be a harvest, a lot of new yes. people that don't know Jesus coming in. You've spoken to it in the sense of being prepared with integrity, with anointing, with Jesus front and center. But any other words you would give us, again, as I think as pastors and as worship leaders, there are voices that are worth listening to, and I don't mean to set you up on a pedestal so you fall into the trap we just discussed, but that that thought that we're, we're going somewhere. If we're not going somewhere, yeah. then we're, we're on a treadmill going backwards at three miles an hour. We're going somewhere. We, have to, we yeah. have to at least be going four miles an hour to be going somewhere. So where are we going? Where do you see the future of worship, church, body of Christ, globally, locally? It's up to you, but what, what do you see when you look forward?
2: Well, I don't know that I can speak for everybody I'll I'll just speak for myself. There's a couple of there's probably three things that I would say that I'm hoping for uh, that. And this is personal um, and hopefully it, it would resonate with others. But I, I, first of all, hope that we are those of us that are ahead of the, the next generation are able to somehow impart sensitivity to the Holy Spirit mm. so that no matter what the music looks like, it is God honoring and it is spirit sensitive. That's yeah. the first thing this the second thing is uh, my hope is that one day we will lose track of time mm-hmm. because we are so in awe of god's presence as a church we've really compressed things yeah and i think to a point where we just kind of are on a treadmill and we just kind of get through the thing mm-hmm. and we've maybe lost that awe of god right and so that's one of my hopes is that yeah. we lose track of time because we're so enamored by god that we don't care about whether it's a 60, 75 minute, whatever the the number is. That's the second thing. The third thing is that I I really am believing and hoping that the power of the Holy Spirit is present in every worship service, Mm. that God's presence is so felt that it compels people and draws people to Jesus and that there will be a harvest because we have done our part to set the atmosphere for God to come and move. Got for people to connect with God, and there's so much uh, anointing in that gathering that people are compelled to come to Jesus. And if they're lukewarm, they're returning to Him, and that they become white hot on fire for Him. That would be my
1: hope uh, as we keep moving down this uh, continuum, you know. And, and you know, Shannon, I, I don't think that any of those are too lofty hmm i uh i was a youth pastor a million years ago and um we uh we we uh youth pastored in two locations the first one was a church plant the second one was a church of about a thousand people and we had a youth group of i don't know there's probably about 200 kids there and the kids led the worship um it was their baby, and here's here was the the reality that more kids gave their life to Jesus during worship than they did at the end of my talk. Wow, it was a phenomenal hmm. um, you know and it, and all it took well the kids were were really wonderful worship leaders, and there was this amazing sense of the presence of the Lord there. But all it took for me as a youth pastor was to recognize, Hey, God's doing something right now. Yeah. Yeah. let's, make, let's invite now. It doesn't have to wait till yes. the end. And and we saw more kids give their life to Jesus that way. Yeah. And so, um, it's awesome. I'm with you. I, I concur, uh, with you. And, uh, um, I, I like that future that you're painting for us, uh, in so many ways, Jim, uh, some last thoughts, maybe from you, and then yeah. uh, wrap I, us up. I think those who are listening will appreciate.
0: I think what I'm about to say is universal. Um, when you look back in your life and you say, "When did I feel most called, most intimate, most empowered by God?" I probably you probably weren't driving down the street. You probably weren't watching a sitcom. You you were probably in a in a corporate atmosphere or or individual atmosphere of worship. That's probably where you heard that voice. Felt that calling, received that anointing. My my youngest son JD was with us on this podcast a few weeks ago as a PK, he was talking about it. And he's you know, when we asked him the story, tell us about your, your life and your story. He mentioned the night. In youth group where god took over and the leadership of that yeah. room let that happen and i said hey how'd it go tonight he said ah oh, good really good well junior high ministry went really good to me and billy threw up on susie and it was funny like it doesn't necessarily mean god moved it could be someone <laughs> someone's lunch moved and that's still a good night so i i said what happened And he looked at his friends and they were trying to find language of what they just experienced and this is what he said he said tonight dad i can't explain that god just got bigger and i think i think yeah. that's unique to the worship environment, God just got bigger. I think God gets bigger when we stare at Him for more than a minute on our U version app. <laughs> I think God gets bigger when we, wow. when we do more than repeat the prayers we were taught to pray verbatim. God gets bigger when we're with him, when he's with us. And then that and that heaven touches earth. That was at the Da Vinci painting, you know what I mean? When when that mm-hmm. connection takes place, everything changes. So that's that's my 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 yeah. word of encouragement to those of you that are listening today is. Worship is the atmosphere where God becomes God to people. I, you know, like yeah. that, not theologically, not intellectually, but practically, we change. We are altered by his presence. So worship is so vital. So um, and I, I encourage everyone listening to, to to share this podcast with your worship leaders, to share the yeah. book that you, they both have endorsed heavily. I, I mean, I let's create atmospheres where, where people see God in, a, in an ever-expanding role if uh, for who he is in their lives. So thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We're praying for you. And and boy, Shannon, thank you for just walking us through your garden. My pleasure. Letting, letting us pick some of your strawberries and eating them. I mean, it's been awesome. And we're we're grateful for your ministry. And I guess my last thank question, you. I'm sure we pastors asking is, are you happy where you are? Is your pastor treating it right? What do you think about changing? <laughs> I I'm just get it. I love I'm it. I just get it. We all want that. We all yeah. want the presence of God. So God bless you. Make another 100 like you, would you? Just go find another 99 that don't know. I'm working on it. All right. All right. I'm working on it. God bless you, our dear watchers and listeners. We're praying for you. Go get them this week as you continue to lead from alignment.